on your part. Here we go. Welcome to the On Track and Field podcast. I'm JT Ayers, your host. And listen, I'm a coach. And coaches need to give their athletes the best of the best so they can compete really well. I mean, what what kind of coach would you be if you gave your kids the lamest blocks? You know what? You'd be a bad coach. So be a good coach and go to coach or on track and field.com. Get some Gill Fusion 10s, save up, fundraise. Your kids will thank you later. And you know what? Their times would also thank you. So be a good coach and go do the right thing on trackandfield.com. With me today is, I'm just going to say it. He's the best. He's absolutely the best. Not only is he literally one of the best trainers in the world. He is extremely smart. He was a high school coach during COVID. He said, you know what? I'm going to go out and do my own thing. And he did. And everything he touches is gold. He would never say that, but I'll say, and here's the best part about him. He's like my best friend. I mean, if there's anything else you're going to put in a bio, it's got to be that. It's on his LinkedIn profile. I'm sure of it. It's on his bio and Instagram page. I'm sure of it. But with me today is Brian Kula. Hey, coach, thanks for joining me. Oh, man, good to see you, JT. Thanks for having me on. All right. I'm a 49er fan. You're a 49er fan. Why are we 49er fans? (laughs) Well, I got a I got a little skin in the game with the 49ers with Mr. McCaffrey there. So this podcast is going to come after the Super Bowl, after the Niners have won it. Yeah, I'm saying it. I'm putting it out there and putting it into fruition. Um, I want to talk about competition because you and I have talked about not so much competition, but the competitive nature of athletes. You have coached young, like pre-puberty athletes with some of your KSP stuff. You've also have coached very, very talented division one high school, go to college athletes and the best running back in the game and arguably some of the best athletes in the world. What have you noticed in competitiveness and how does that help coaches like gain kind of that edge to really, really dive into that mental capacity they're able to handle and get the best out of them on a day and a training day? Sure. Yeah. I think, I mean, athletes, athletes at an elite level all have common traits, right? I mean, we, we see it, uh, I think as a coach, you kind of have a, a radar of which athletes are going to be able to handle the big moment or, you know, the ones that are not going to be able to handle the big moment. And I think the, the elite athlete that you're blessed to work with, um, have a common, a common trait to be able to lock in compete at the highest level under any circumstance, you know, no matter what the the stakes are, whether it's the state finals or a state championship game, um, they just have an ability to, um, I guess, maybe focus past the moment to be able to, uh, you know, compete at the highest level. And I think you really kind of see it even at a young age, you know, and again, I, I have had the fortune to work with some pretty good athletes and to see them as freshmen, sophomores in high school, you know, maybe at the varsity level or whatever, you see those starting to, to evolve even at a young age. Um, obviously, then they get to the highest level, you know, where you have like an Anna Hall or a Christian McCaffrey and, and those types of athletes that are under the most scrutiny, the biggest moments. Um, but the, the 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 traits that they carry of being able to compete at that level are really are the same. You know, it's almost like it's inherent. How come some of these athletes like Anna Hall and Christian, you just mentioned them, how come they're never done getting better? Because they were elite high school athletes. They went to college. They became elite there. And then now they're professional and they're even more becoming elite. Like, what have you noticed with some of these athletes 
what is in them that makes them never stop getting better? Yeah. I think it's just the desire to be the very best, you know? And so there's always, always something to be worked on. There's always a higher bar to achieve. And, you know, they, they just have a mindset that I'm going to be the best and I'm not, I'm going to do whatever it takes to continue to get better. Um, you know, I'm getting better or I'm getting worse, but I'm not staying the same kind of a mentality. And I think, you know, it, it takes a special person who's accomplished great things to then sit down at the end of that season or competition or whatever and say, okay, that was good, but how am I going to get better now again? You know, and that, and that continual too, too many people are probably just complacent after a victory or, a you know, Hey, I got a scholarship, you know, versus like, I want to be the best that's ever done it. And, you know, fortunately I've kind of got a, uh, you know, behind the curtain peek at what that looks like with guys like, like Christian and, and, and gals like Anna, uh, even some of the pro soccer girls that I'm, you know, fortunate to work with, they all have a very similar trait that like, it's just never enough, you know, and, and not that it's always totally healthy, you know, because there is some unhealthiness to, you know, never being satisfied. But I think to achieve at that level, there's got to be a, an almost, I guess, borderline um, unhealthy, you know, uh, desire to want to achieve at a high, high level. So is that the coach? Is that the NFL team? Is that the professional brand? I mean, who is that? Is that all up to the athlete? Like, why are the 49ers, besides being smart and using McCaffrey better than Carolina did, but is that the organization? Is that you as the coach? Do you sit them down and same things like I heard Mike Tomlin once say, like, it's not being capable, it's being willing. And there's very few willing people. Like, yeah. how are you as their coach reminding them and helping them through that process? Um, I mean, well, first of all, I think it's, a, it takes a village, right? I think it's for the athlete, obviously they have to be wired a certain way. I think their family around them, you know, is either motivating or helping assist in those things. The coaches that have influenced them, their teammates, their, their culture, their organization that they play in or play for. Um, I think those things all play in and make a huge difference. You know, I think you could have a case study on two equal athletes, one put into an environment of a highly competitive family structure and school and, you know, team situation, and they would thrive. Whereas, you know, the other person gets put into a position where nobody cares. And I think you'd see two totally different outcomes. So I think it totally takes a village um, uh, of how that, you know, how that kind of comes to fruition. I appreciate you sharing that. And I also, I mean, you and I have struck, we, we become friends mutually because of just respect for one another, but I look at you as one of my great mentors. I mean, every time I go and speak somewhere, I have a slide and your name's at the very top of people that have influenced me the most. And it's not because of your triceps, they're weak. Mine are better. But other than that, why, why do you share so much? Why do guys like Dan Path, Tony Wells, these incredible minds, why do they share? Vince Anderson comes to mind. I mean, why are you like that? And why should more coaches be willing to share well, I think that, I mean, I, I didn't get to this moment in my coaching career by myself. You know, I got spoken into by a lot of different people and, and a lot of other people opened up to me, which gave me the ability to grow as a coach. And so, you know, A, to try to pretend like I did anything, you know, invented anything myself is foolish. And second of all, those people gave me an opportunity to grow. And so I love to give back to younger coaches or less experienced coaches of, hey, here's what I did 25 years ago. It worked pretty good for me. You should try it. 
Um, you know, my dad always used to say, you know, more, more people at the top of the mountain is, is, is more fun. You know, I don't need to stand up there and pound my chest. Like I did something unique. Um, I love what I do and I, I'd love to give back to, you know, anybody that out there that'll listen. Well, with that said, I get calls all the time. I'm in Southern California. I have a high school team. I can't coach everybody and I want to, I just don't have the bandwidth. Um, you do give back and something that you've developed is this, you know, this digital coaching platform. Is this something that I can point like towards people for, um, the dad that lives in Huntington beach, the dad that lives in Wisconsin, they need more. Um, I know a little bit about it, but I'm kind of setting you up right now to tell our audience. Can you tell me more about this digital coaching platform and why it's so innovative and why it's so like probably key for so many people to understand what they should be doing? Sure. Yeah. Uh, we just saw a need for the same reasons you're saying, you know, we have a lot of call-ins of people that love what we do. They love how we're running our business and how we train athletes and they want to be a part of that. And so we we developed something that, you know, gave us the ability for an athlete to train anywhere, anytime, uh, following kind of master, master programmed workouts through our digital coaching platform. Um, and it's, it's just, it's unique. It's unique that it's not a canned program. It's, it's, you know, sports specific. It can be, uh, you know, personalized at some level for the athlete. Uh, it can be for a large organization. It can be for an individual. Um, and then you're actually working with a master trainer at KSP. So it's a way for us to get out of our four walls and help more people. Cause at the end of the day, that's really our goal is how can we help more kids, um, and you know, it's, it's not for necessarily the elite athlete. Most elite athletes have access and, and opportunity. This is maybe more for that second tier athlete trying to become great, um, or a recreational athlete that just wants to have some success and maximize their potential. So it's a cool platform. It's got, you know, training stuff, obviously it's got body weight. If you don't have access to a weight room and, or weight room stuff, if you do, there's a lot of speed and movement stuff in there that we think is, is very important. Uh, but it also includes mental performance and some therapy stuff. We've partnered with some different people uh, to make it a more robust, full, encompassing deal because we all know that it's more than just training. You know, it, it comes to nutrition and sleep and recovery and regeneration and all, all the things that go into an athlete being successful. I feel like artificial intelligence made by you is going to take my job. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> this is crazy. Um, where can we find it? Where Where do we go to find this thing? Yeah, we're so right now we're we're just about to launch our our full kind of marketing campaign. Uh, you can you can find us at kspglobalcoach.com um, is a place to look for the the app specifically. If you had any other questions, you could always reach out to us directly. Uh, my email is kula at kulasp.com. Um, and we can point you in the right direction, uh, get you to one of our sales reps that can kind of walk you through the process of getting onboarded. Yeah, let me know too. So seek me out on social media. I'll let you know. Um, we'll give you a discount code with on track. Right. That'd be good right. to go. Um, yeah, we're definitely, I mean, I'm not making any money on this. I just want to support things that help this community. And this does. So um, my favorite thing about you is that you always send me articles in a, and they're like in simply faster magazine or this and that you're never done learning Kula. I mean, it's incredible. So what are you learning right now? What are you excited about right now? You know, um, I've taken a deeper dive this year into, uh, you know, foot health, um, the ankle complex, and that's something that right now is very intriguing to me. Obviously, I've dealt with a couple of athletes um, that have had some ankle issues, 
And it's kind of led me down the path of, you know, being healthy in the, from the foot up. And I think for us as a company, you know, when we teach speed, we teach it from the ground up of pushing through the foot force application. And so it made a ton of sense to me to learn more about the foot and uh, that complex. And it's been really, really eye-opening to see how important that is and how much we neglect it um, as coaches. And so I'd say that's something right now that I'm, I'm neck deep in trying to figure out, you know, how we can do that better. Well, tell me more. I mean, I, I do rudiment series with Dan Path, you know, where he's doing a lot of hops. Kids are barefoot. I have them walk in different directions. I mean, is there something more I should be doing? Sure. Yeah. I mean, we, we utilize the blackboard quite a bit, you know, where we're working on, uh, you know, m foot mobilization and activation. Um, and I think those are tools, again, that sometimes it's not very convenient. You don't have an entire track team. You're not going to have 300 blackboards sitting around, you know, to be able to do that. But there are some proprioceptive things and, and exercises and maneuvers. And, you know, Chris Corfus was, was so good in the spring ankle, you know, stuff that he presented a few years back. And we've taken that and run with that as a daily part of our training, um, which I think we're just seeing, you know, when you have good stiffness in the ankle and, and, and that stretch reflex, um, you're going to get faster. And if that's the goal for all of us, we should be looking at every component that goes into that. All right. I'm writing this down right now. I need a blackboard, whatever that is. Okay, cool. Um, who are the best coaches that we're not paying attention to that we need to be paying attention to? Oh man, that's a, that's a loaded question. Uh, I mean, I only really know what I see, right? I mean, I, sure. and there's a lot of people I follow on Instagram out there that are doing a phenomenal job with things that we take and steal and borrow from, you know, that are doing great things. I, I think even just within my own four walls, I got a young track coach, Marcus Miller, who is just, you know, he's grown a track program. He's 5A coach of the year last year and his first year as a high school coach. Um, does just a phenomenal job of seeing the sport and, you know, how to develop uh, the total track and field athlete from short sprinters all the way up to mid-distance kids. And, um, you know, he, he's been really a humble part of our growth as a business, um, but I really think he's probably one of the better track coaches in the country um, as a young 20s, 28, 29-year-old. Hmm. I love it. I, I always ask that question to people I admire because those are the fun things to go and look and find in social media. Cause there's a whole lot of mess out there. So right. if we can find like that nice little path of good it becomes That's a right. lot better. Um, as we're talking about some of the things you do with your athletes, I want to go back to high school days. Cause you've won a lot of state titles with very good athletes in Colorado, which isn't to the caliber of California, but it's close, right? I mean, you're basically in the stratosphere trying to run. So none of your times are real. Um, <laughs> I kid, I kid, I kid. But I do have a question in regards to sitting down an athlete and teaching them the difference between dual meet, uh, invitational, state finals. Mm -hmm. um, what have you done in the past that have really like kind of helped parents, help athletes like walk through that process? Because I'm finding it's being very difficult to try to get athletes to really major in the majors and minor in the minors, not look at this meet as everything that they've ever existed in their whole identity is wrapped up in it versus let's get to the state finals, play the long game. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I used to always set a goal and I tell my teams this at the first parent meeting is our goal is always going to be to win a state championship. Now there's a lot of steps, you know, between now and then that we have to, you know, climb in order to get there. And so I think, you know, prioritizing, you know, what's important throughout the season and making sure that the kids know that up front. Um, you know, what are the expectations? You know, how are we treating this invitational meet? How are we treating this? And I just was usually pretty open and honest with the athletes of, you know, what our goals were. 
Um, I wasn't going to be secretive in a meeting with my coaching staff and then try to fool the kids. We would just be open and transparent with them. It's like, guys, we're not trying to win this meet. Here's what we're trying to accomplish today. Uh, our bigger goal is X, you know, whether it's the conference championship or the state championship. I mean, we gave up a couple of conference championships in pursuit of state titles in the past. And mm -hmm. that was, that was by design. And so, um, you know, just having a plan of attack, I think, and then being transparent, um, it's, it's all a journey, you know, and for some, some athletes, right. A state championship or bust, that's, that's all they care about. Other athletes, they just want to run the fastest hundred meters they've ever run. Even if it's 14.5 seconds, you know, for that, that kid, freshman boy or whatever, um, that meet might be the most important thing to him. And so, you know, to also set up moments to celebrate those little victories along the way, um, you know, to keep everybody engaged. Um, coach Kula is definitely a person that coaches and leads beyond himself. Um, you can just go on a social media account and you can see him baptizing people. You can see him holding, like hugging and walking through. And you'll also see everybody else in the world taking his Instagram posts and making it look like they know exactly the way Christian and all the other people are doing. And here's the thing. He doesn't care. He just cares about education and helping other people, including me. So I can't tell you enough, man. If this is my platform. This is my opportunity to say thank you publicly for all that you're doing. Um, where can we find out more? Uh, walk me through social media. Tell me more about the website. Because um, sure. these are things that people are going to do immediately when they're done with this podcast. Absolutely. Yeah. Our Instagram handle is at Kula Sports Performance. Uh, our main website is kulasp.com. And then, uh, yeah, our new digital coaching platform has a URL of kspglobalcoach.com. Um, and so those would be great places to start to get more information. Um, and then we're always, we try to answer every email and phone call that comes in. Um, again, I think there's a lot of young coaches out there that want to grow and gain knowledge. And I'm so thankful for the laundry list of coaches that did that for me. So we're, we're happy to try to help wherever we can. And that's K-U-L-A, not C-O-O-L-A, right? That's correct. K-U-L-A. Well, I personally think it's cooler, but that's all right. It's cool. Um, all right. Last question. Who's your biggest, I want to say mentor dead or alive. Cause I think I know the answer, but whoever you're reading and whoever you're reading up on, I want to read up on them too. Who's been your biggest influence ever. Oh man. My, my biggest influence ever was my dad. Um, I mean, I think I, I said that on probably every podcast or interview that I have and he's, he's passed away. But, uh, you know, he had more influence on me of getting into the field that I got into and, and watching how he interacted with athletes and uh, influenced people um, was just, yeah, I, I could never, you couldn't, you couldn't pay enough money to get that kind of teaching um, to get, you know, the knowledge that I got out of that. So he was definitely that. Now, his, his gift, though, was, you know, relationships with athletes. And I think that's where I learned that uh, as far as like who to study and who to look, I mean, I think all the good track coaches is who I studied all the years. You know, Tony Wells was a coach that not many people know about. He was a club coach here in Colorado that had a huge influence on my training philosophies. I think Charlie Francis is a great read. Um, there's things about Charlie that are unbelievable. There's some things about him that I, you know, don't adhere to, but I think some of his training philosophies were were epic. Uh, you know, the Dan Paths, the Vince Andersons, you named, you know, several of them now. 
Um, I, I also had great influence from high school coaches that nobody's ever heard of, you know, and guys that didn't win any state championships, but they were unbelievable in relationship and structure and, you know, the things that they took. And because it's one thing to take a program off the internet from, you know, uh, Clyde Hart at Baylor. And it's another thing to train a bunch of snot nosed high school kids, you know, to get faster. So having the ability to take an, an old timer that's been through all that and sift through the the things and take out the good stuff. Those are the, those are the kind of people that really spoke into my life. You can learn from anybody. And I'll tell you this, the Ayers family still gets donuts on Saturdays, just like coach Kula and his dad. Oh, let's go. That fires me up. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead and find yourself, dear listener, a coach Kula. In fact, maybe he could be your mentor too, but he's mine and he's one of my best friends. I can't thank you enough for coming on. You're always a wealth of knowledge and we'll definitely have you on again as we always do um, on track and field. Powers this podcast. They're the only, they're only supporter. They're the only people that have asked me to do this. And I just bought a pole vault landing system to them, 10 grand off. Go do it yourself. Get something from them. In fact, if you're just a casual runner, just go buy some shoes for them. I just got some topos, uh, which are my favorite shoe. Man, a toe box is huge. And my disgusting, ugly feet feel so happy because I walk a marathon in two days at these invitationals we go to. So get, go to ontrackfield.com as well as relaybatons.com. Listen to Steve, the CEO. He's going to let you know more about them right now. And lastly, just leave a review. Let us know how we're doing. We've done 115 of these things. I want to know if we're doing a good job. Um, the whole point of this is to bring wealth of knowledge to the track and field world and more awareness. I need your help to do it. Let me know if we're doing a good job. And if we're not, I'll make it better. Just let me know. All right, without further ado, Coach Kula, you're the best. And Steve, take us away. Thanks for listening to the On Track and Field podcast with this week's guest, Coach Brian Kula. The On Track and Field podcast is powered by RelayBatons.com. Custom engraved, meet, and competition legal relay batons, water bottles, and tumblers. Great for team branding, fundraisers, meet awards, and coaches' gifts. And by OnTrackAndField.com, your one-stop source for all things cross-country and track and field related. Competition gear, spikes, training equipment, and shoes. OnTrackAndField.com has every Everything you need, including our new pull vault and high jump landing systems designed by jumpers for jumpers. Check them out online or give us a call for a free quote. And make sure to check out our new website, OnTrackRunning.com, your new source for competition and training shoes featuring Saucony, Brooks, On Running, New Balance, Asics, and Hoka Shoes and Spikes, OnTrackRunning.com. And make sure to follow us on our socials at OnTrack, the letter N, Field, at OnTrack and Field on Twitter and the Gram. 